0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House. Episode 51. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach. Here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful stuff. I am so excited that you have joined me here on Season 3 of the Inner Eyes podcast. And thank you for coming back. The sabbatical went a little bit longer than planned as life often does. Um, throwing a little curveball that Changed, you know, one of my favorite quotes from John Steinbeck is the best laid plans of mice and men um, do often go astray. And that's certainly what happened. And as we go into season three, we're going to talk more about the opportunities that come with obstacles. Um, seems like it's been, you know, an ongoing theme since the podcast launched, but um, yeah, I am I'm just grateful for you. I am grateful you are back here. And thank you to everyone who reached out in the interim, who um, oh, talked through different ideas that I had about the direction of the podcast going forward. And I think you're going to be really, really enjoy um, season three because I have some fun mm-hmm. things planned. So that being said, we are starting this season off with a just a really incredibly enlightening interview that I had with a brand new business owner and everything that she went through to make this new and exciting decision for her family. And again, all of it's not, none of it was, was easy and it's not, um, it didn't come without having to to make some trade-offs. And I think that's always an important thing to remember because so many times we get locked into just continuing to do what we've known because it feels safe and because of it's what um, we've defined ourself as and that's often the most scary part of making a change is admitting that you've yourself have changed your mind and you're going off into a new direction. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I had having it. Um, Erin and I had a really great time and I loved how Erin is including her own daughters and their personalities in the ideas and the structure of what she's created and still creating. And on the other side of this conversation, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the things that I have been um, studying and diving into that I'm going to be bringing to the podcast um, to this season three of the podcast. So thank you again for being here and enjoy. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I'm so excited to have this conversation today with Erin Graber. And she's just stepped into a new and exciting venture in her life. And as a mom, and you know, moms all have dreams. Um, I think it's going to be so much fun to talk th- to her through this process. Um, because she's made some big changes that took some big decisions. Erin Kraber knows what it feels like to be stretched thin, balancing the demands of a 15-plus year career in collegiate athletics marketing while raising little people who place many demands on her time and energy. In 2022, she decided to make a transition from the corporate ladder to entrepreneurship. She is now the owner of Forte Dance Essentials, a brick-and-mortar dancewear boutique, where she serves dancers of all ages in addition to her retail space aaron also works as a marketing strategist she teaches systems that allow business owners and industry-leading women to tell their unique stories reaching more customers and grow revenues her goal is to solve the problems that empower women to feel satisfied with their contributions in their careers and at home she is a firm believer that you can do anything, but not everything. Erin is a wife, a mother to two daughters, a small business owner, an Enneagram one, an avid sports fan, and host of the Motherhood Merged podcast. Originally from Wisconsin, she now resides with her family in Birmingham, Alabama. Hello, Erin. How are you today?
1: Hi, Lynn. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you.
0: Oh, this is going to be so fun. So to give everyone some background, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to leave a successful corporate career to open a retail space.
1: Well, you're not wasting any time, are you? (laughs) We're just going to jump right in with the big questions. Yeah. Well, it was so, I'm kind of laughing as you're reading my bio, because I have to be honest and say, that's the first time I've, since I reworked it, um, that's the first time I've actually heard and been referred to as a small business owner. And I just, um, it feels so different. It, I just get so, um, excited. And, you know, when I think back to the last year, it's been kind of a whirlwind. Um, so I'll go back a little bit, um, I knew early on from a young age, I was going to work in sports. So I grew up in Wisconsin. Everybody in Wisconsin loves the Packers. If you don't, you need to be kicked out of the state. <laughs> right. um, but I said I was going to work for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Right. And um, my family was always really heavily involved in sports. My brother and I played everything and anything. Um, but for me, the pieces that that stuck out. Um, my grandmother took me to dance class. Uh, she wanted to enroll me in tap dance class when I was two years old, and ironically, no one would take a two-year-old. There were no. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of dance studios in my hometown, and and they were all kind of looked at her like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Um, but she did come across uh, one woman who was just returning from college, and she was opening up um, a baton twirling and dance studio out of her parents. Um, her dad was an electrician. So out of his workshop downtown. And my grandma said, well, you know, we don't have to do tap dancing. Let's try baton twirling and, and dance. And uh, I went to a class and I never left. So I did play three sports. I played volleyball, basketball, softball throughout, but my true love and passion was baton twirling and dance. I competed nationally. I was the featured twirler at Purdue university. So, you know, paid my way through college And um, that also then gave me this really unique insight into college football and college sports. And I was always a fan. I'm a huge football fan. Love going to games. I'll go watch anything live. But being on the football field every Saturday, you know, with my team, cheering on team and band and um, just gave me this whole different appreciation for the production that is college sports and college fandom, um, and it was just awesome. I knew right then, you know, my freshman year of college, that I had to figure out how to. I was going to make it work. I was going to stay there forever, <laughs> um, and I did. Um, you know, I I do have a business degree, and you know, got that internship experience and graduate school experience and started working in collegiate athletics right out of college. And that's what I did for 17 years. So I moved around the country um, with my family, you know, as, as that grew along with it, worked my way up the corporate ladder from intern to, you know, overseeing all the marketing, all of the game day production elements um, for different universities. And to think about how I got from there to, to where I am today and getting excited to hear you refer to me as a small business owner in the community where we live. You know, if you would have told me even, you know, 10 years ago that I would be living in Birmingham, Alabama, I would tell you you're crazy. There's no way. If you were to tell me I, you know, I would someday leave the career that I loved, I would also tell you you're crazy. Um, but it just You know, there are some things that happened, and I think COVID had played a strong role in that. I think I would be lying if I said that didn't hit a bit of a fast-forward button. Mm. Um, I have two daughters. They're now 12, actually soon to be 13, and nine, and, you know, they were kind of in that heart of elementary school when COVID hit, and it forced us to, like everyone else, uh, deal with the homeschooling elementary school students and Um, unfortunately I kind of felt, and again, I'm, I'm sure I'm not unique in this. There are other industries that went through the same thing. Certainly. Um, my job didn't necessarily slow down.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. we maybe
1: got to be out of the office or not got to, uh, had to be out of the office for a brief shutdown a couple of weeks, but, you know, there were, the demands were still there. I still had to be there. I still had people to manage and I had to do it in a completely different way, just like so many other people did at that time. Sports weren't happening. We weren't producing live games, but we still had to make money. Mm. And I, you know, going through this process and trying to deal with the family dynamic at home and the kids not really knowing what's happening. And I'm not a teacher for a reason. Let's just (laughs) um you know it it really opened my eyes to some of the issues that were there happening in the background um as you can assume um the sports industry and and higher education it is very male dominated and there weren't a lot of people that i could look to who were dealing with the same thing of raising children trying to work their job, oversee people, be successful at it. During that time, there was just so few people and so few resources I could lean on. And it was really disappointing and hard. And I wasn't looking to get out. I want to be very clear about that. I wasn't looking to get out. I wasn't looking to make a change, but it kind of started to work its way in Mm. and there was a there's you know some feelings still that I um, haven't really, you know probably let go of um, because I just was so disappointed. I had worked so hard to, you know, be a good mentor and be a good steward of women in sports. and i I personally just you know felt like I was doing a disservice if I were to leave or try something else. Um, so you know, we come out of the the pandemic and things, are getting back to quote unquote normal, and where uh, my girls are heavily involved. In um, I have one who's a, a nine year old softball stud. She's um, busy playing on travel teams, and my other daughter is all in on dance, just like I was. Uh huh. She wants to be there at the dance studio all hours of the day. So you know we're gearing back up for dance recital time. And I've always been that mom that other friends come to when they need something. You know, the mm. dance studio sends out their lists of, you know, the new season or it's recital time, and here are the things you need. And, you know, several moms will say, Well, what's this mean? Or yeah. what are these <laughs> shoes? Or, Well, where do I find that? And I just know these things because I grew up in that world. Right. Um, and my husband just looked at me one day. We were sitting in the auditorium getting ready for the recital after kind of a two year break. And he said, Man, you just need to open a dance store. Like, all these people are looking for all these things and you're using your resources and you're ordering all this stuff for people anyway. You know, this town just needs another place. And I didn't really think anything of it at the time, you know, and then you kind of fast forward a little bit and I started to do some research. Like, you know, I stopped counting at 35 dance studios, you know, within this metro area here close to my home. And there's one place to shop you know, no wonder why people are, you know, stressed. And even for me, um, even though I know what I'm, you know, I know what I'm looking for, you know, that store is only open from, you know, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Well, I work downtown, you know, 80 hours a week. I can't get to a store to pick up shoes or tights or practice gear Um, for my girls, you know, Monday through Friday, it's just really not possible for me. So, I started to really look into that, and um, I'm not sure if you know this, Lynn, but I do have a bit of a superpower. <laughs> um, I am nothing if not a problem solver. Okay. <laughs> I want to find solutions to problems. Um, I want it to be efficient. I want it to be stress free, and that's really where the big shift happened for me. I saw a huge problem for fellow moms like me and there are so many in this area who have young girls, young boys and dance um, and in different activities and nowhere to shop that was you know really workable for for many of them um, and I wanted to be that solution. I, I had this kind of you know strike of a, you know a lightning bolt or the light bulb went on and um, you know, I just really, researched it and decided that in order to go all in on that I had to make a change and you know my energy just wasn't there my heart wasn't in it any longer Um, and there's you know things that were just kind of happening in my world and in my family and just decided in January of 2022 that that was going to be it and um, I left that 17-year career behind and in May um, so just a few short months later, Forte Dance Essentials opened for business, and that's where so we excited. are today.
0: That's so exciting because yeah, I was going to ask you if this you know had been this lifelong dream because I knew you know just following you on Instagram and and you know the coaching program that we had been in together that you had been a dancer because I was a dancer when I was very young. Um, the dance the pe the dance studio essentially moved away and my parents, you know, as working parents could no longer get me there, um, which I regretted and started to dance again when I was in, in college, um, poorly, (laughs) not poorly. I'm a pretty good dancer, but like, you know, like you saw these kids that had been doing it for, you know, 12, 14 years and like they lump you in that class and, and you don't know what you're doing. So my girls danced and, I, it was you know i just loved watching them and i loved watching like how they would just come alive when they would perform um and i love the smell of walking into the dance store you know it's just there's just something about it like all that you know fresh lycra <laughs> or something that just you know it it just it brought back so many memories when um i was watching you go through it and watching your girls involved so what aspects of who you have moved into as this small business owner um, do you derive from just the vastly different personalities of your daughters because I know like like my two daughters they're as different as two humans could possibly be
1: it's so true. And I don't think I will ever stop being surprised by that, yeah. <laughs> by how different they truly are. And it's so interesting because they'll do something or say something and I'll see my husband in that. Mm-hmm. And then the next minute, one of them will do something or say something. And I just think, Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, or I just hear my mom in right. in my head saying, well, <laughs> she gets that from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's such an interesting question. You know, they're, so at, you know, 12 and nine, they're pretty well into their personalities. You know, they, they definitely are who they are. And, um, I think, um, you know, I have in my bio that I'm an Enneagram one, I'm a huge advocate of any type of personal professional development tool. I'm way into the weeds on all of those. So I've overanalyzed my children to that extent as well. And, you know, my older daughter is very much a classic firstborn. So am I. So she's a type A, I think she's an Enneagram one. um, And that serves me really well in my small business venture. I Mm -hmm. don't have a lot of fear um, I know there is a lot to learn and I learn as I go and I have this perfectionist streak in me that's part of that Enneagram one and so right. does so does she. Um, she will come in and, and straighten racks, she will come in and you know um adjust things so they look the way that I want them to look. And you know, I see that that part of me in her, um, my Nine-year-old is a little bit more of the, again, maybe that's classic second-born or yeah. you know, last child, so to speak. You know, she's a little more wild and free. Um, she wants things to be fun. She is very concerned about the music we play in the store. Uh, she, you know, wants to curate the playlist and make sure it's upbeat Aww. and fun. And she loves the the colors of the, the things. So she has that eye for those details and has an interest in, in making it, you know, the place to be and, and being fun. And, you know, so when I, they're not there all the time, obviously school just started. So they're there even less, but, you know, when they are there and they make comments and they kind of see how the business is operating, they will talk about very different things. Mm -hmm. And so it is interesting to, to hear their perspective. I mean, when it comes down to it, they kind of are my ideal customer. You know, I I'm really reaching out to the kids that are their age. So I do get a lot of first time dancers and dance moms, but the other part of that is experienced dancers. And they've both been involved for six years now, since we've moved here. And, you know, I have to get the apparel and the gear and the, the gift items and the fun stuff that they want. Right. So you know it's it's just so interesting to to see the store through them um versus always the the business mentality that i have with it um you know they push me a little bit more especially the little one on ooh i want this and this would be so pretty and you need this color and i'm just like well really and then sure enough that's what sells this week so um you know their personalities um continue to, to be different. And it's a lot of fun as they kind of are embracing the, the, uh, teen, I probably will regret saying that, but it's good for now, the, the preteen, um, stage. And one of the things that I continue, I think will continue to, to be a big part of this is the family aspect of it. They were involved before, um, sort of by default, not a lot of, again, not a lot of my coworkers had children, especially women with children, and they would have to come with me sometimes. And Mm -hmm. they, they loved it. They're huge sports fans as well. So they were kind of pros at some of those things, um, that we used to do on a daily basis and in our office, and they'd be hanging out sometimes, but this is totally different. You know, this is, this is mom's business. This is our business. This is not something I go to um, to watch other people and watch Mom work. This is ours. Yeah. Um, and they're going to continue to grow in that understanding. and we'll see uh, how involved <laughs> and how opinion <laughs> they are opinionated they are about that as we go on. Yeah.
0: So what parts of your previous life as in marketing prepare to to be a business owner?
1: Honestly, there's not much I can think of that didn't help um, during the pandemic, I saw a lot of local businesses struggling. Um, my dad is a small business owner in my hometown. My aunt is a small business owner in my hometown. And so I kind of took on a little bit of a consulting role during that time. And I use that marketing expertise that I have, which comes from, you know, ticket sales and, Um, digital advertising efforts. You know, that's really where my background is. Um, Email marketing and social media marketing um, and a lot of grassroots. A lot of what we do in collegiate athletics is community driven. And so I talked a lot, you know, when small businesses were struggling through those kind of two years of so much unknown, talked a lot about how to get those businesses back to a grassroots effort um, how to work on some email marketing, how to draw people in. And those are all skills that are 100% transferable and which is great as a small business owner with a marketing background, because those things, I wrote the marketing plan, part of my, my full business plan in probably 30 minutes. And I think it was like six pages. (laughs) (laughs) I had so many ideas and they came so quickly. Uh That's a struggle for a lot of people. Um, And if you don't have that that background, that's okay. There's plenty of people that do. And that just happens to be my area of expertise. So that comes naturally to me is to think about the community engagement piece to get my social, my socials. I think I, I set up a Facebook page and an Instagram page. I mean, before I really did anything else. Um, just because I knew, even if I didn't have a fully baked strategy as part of my business plan, I would, and I would quickly, yeah. um, I set up an email list right away, you know, anything I could do the, the branding. So the logo and the colors and the look and the feel of, of what eventually would turn into a brick and mortar space, I didn't know that part of it. You know, I didn't know what the space was going to look like. I didn't even know what I needed in the space, Uh but I knew I had to have those things locked down because eventually that's, what's going to be that front porch. That's, what's going to be that part that people see first before they even step in. So my background in that, you know, really makes these decisions come quickly and easily. So I can focus on some of the other areas that I know less about, which, you know, I learned something new every day that I yeah. didn't know before. So that list is never ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we fall into that. Um, you know, if, you know, if they build it, they will come kind of mentality. And then what happens when they don't come?
1: Sure. Um, that's so absolutely yeah. It.
0: So that's, that's fantastic that you didn't have to just sit and wait and see what happened and figure out what your marketing strategy was going to be based on what happened. Um, it was proactive from the beginning.
1: Yeah. And that's that's not to say, you know, I'm, I'm still working through that, but it's it's become, you know, a much easier part of it. Something that I spend less time and energy on. And I, I used to say all the time to my you know, I had a fleet of student interns and entry level um, professionals under me for so many years. And I would always say, you know, you can plan the greatest event or have the greatest, you know, retail store or restaurant. Um, but how great is that going to be if nobody knows about it? Right. Because there were two big components to our job. There's the the production. There's the store. There's the restaurant operation. But if you don't tell anyone about it, who's going to experience that greatness and share about it? And I would repeat that all the time, so we didn't spend, you know, so much time on one and forget about the other. Yeah. And that's exactly what I tell myself all the time. You know, I'm I'm do, I'm living that now. You know, I have. A great store. I love how it looks. I love what's in it. The people that come in, um, you know, are enjoying it. They're getting what they need. It's a you know exactly what I wanted. But if I don't continuously make that effort to get it in front of people, to encourage the shoppers to share, you know, to share their experiences and to leverage Google reviews and to to work on my search engine optimization and my website, it's you know it, it's not going to keep going on its own, just like you said. So it's, it's a continuous um, cycle of, of, you know, checking in and making sure I'm, you know, I'm make the plan, work the plan, make the plan, work the plan kind of cycle. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So in your introduction, you had, you know, you're saying that I loved that you can be anything, but you can't do everything. Um, What did you have to let go of other than, you know, a corporate career that you're really proud of, um, like in your, in, in your family life and term to make this real, like for whether it was delegation or, you know, something that you were particularly, um, you know, I can get, I'm an Enneagram seven, but I can get extremely Virgo and, you know, have to have everything perfect. And I, you know, whenever I'm in like a launch mode or something's going on, it's okay for there to be
1: dishes in the sink.
0: Like, so what was it for you? What things were those for you?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I love that question. That's a good one. Um, I probably need to uh, be very transparent and upfront in that my husband and I maybe have a little bit um, different setup at home. Um, I do not do any of the cooking. Okay. I, none like I, uh, he loves cooking. He is our master chef in this house, which also mean he grocery shops. Mm. So, you know, we have a pretty well oiled machine in our home. We live and die. I live and die off of Google calendar. It is a color coded masterpiece. <laughs>
0: Anyone in the world, like, like I don't care what your life is. Google Calendar can transform it. <laughs> like, I, I'm the same way. Yes. I, you know, I, and my husband, will, he'll tell me something. I was like, "Is it on Google Calendar?" And he's like, "I oh, don't know." He's like, "I'm just telling you to remind you." It's like, doesn't exist if it's not there.
1: Yes, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't happen. Um, so you know, coming out of a a career in which I worked days, nights, and weekends, we already were, you know, as optimal in our setup at home as we could be. Um, We outsource things we need to outsource, whether that's, you know, we have a cleaning service that came in once a month, or, um, you know, we we do eat out (laughs) fairly often, you know, rather than dealing with, you know, the cooking and the cleanup at home when we have to. And we have carpools for our kids. And So those things were already, you know, I'm going to say as optimized as they could be. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I was experiencing, especially early on, was mental. Um, It was the idea of letting go of this identity that I had for so long and that I was proving something by working all those hours, that I was being the best you know, I was setting this best example of hard work for my girls and, you know, sacrifice. You know, there are a lot of events of theirs that I missed because my job came first, Um, because, you know, my college students basketball game, you know, had to be produced and I was the one to do it. Um, So there was a lot of, I don't know if it was guilt or, you know, definitely some frustration, um, disappointment in the fact that I was leaving that whole identity behind. Mm. Um, it was a big shift and I went, you know, I, I worked through an entire kind of football season and, and our team made it to a bowl game. Um, and we were into basketball season, and I kind of left in the middle. So even though January is the start of the calendar year, that's the middle of the academic calendar. So um, it was kind of an abrupt halt, um, and we went on vacation—a real, yeah. a real, <laughs> <a> real <laughs> vacation—which um, I couldn't even tell you the last time we did that. My husband and I left. We we had this planned forever and we, we finally went on vacation. Mm -hmm. So I had to come back from that vacation with a completely different mindset. And that then freed me up to look at what those things were that I had been sacrificing that no longer had to be sacrificed. Do we need this carpool? I can now go to this event. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to scramble and find someone else and, um, Play favors, and you know we just we don't have family here. We're we are considerably just far um, Mm -hmm. from any of our family. So, you know we have neighbors who have become family and friends who have become family. So my you know identity was wrapped up in work for so long. It was actually the opposite here. It was wow, yeah. (laughs) Um, I have time, and I didn't miss a softball game. Um, I didn't miss a tournament. I didn't scramble during the three days of dress rehearsal leading into the recital production. It was a completely different experience for me and I could breathe. And I really didn't know how much I was stressing and sacrificing and suffering um, until, you know, that January, February, March. Um, So, you know, I don't know that I'm sacrificing, you know, much, um, and, and not doing much, you know, I've been a huge advocate of that saying, and and I didn't, you know, make that up out of nowhere. I, I'm sure I've heard it somewhere of, you know, as the women and as the moms and as the, the, the busy, um, managing it all person of the house or of the business, you know, we have a lot of things we can do, but we don't have to do them all. We outsource, we lean on our children, we lean on our spouses, we lean on family and friends and Uh, I just had to learn a completely different way of doing that. And it's a continuous process. You know, I I do revert to old habits sometimes. And, you know, I'm only a couple months in on this new journey and I work a different schedule. I work 10 a.m. in the store to 6 p.m. in the store. And then I come home and, you know, school just started, which is a whole different. Yeah. (laughs) You know, first middle school football game last night, my daughter's on the dance team and dance will start back up next week and softball started last week. So, you know, it's an, it's an ever learning process, but those lessons I've learned over time of ask for help when you need it and outsource, um, are, are there, they're already ingrained in me. And I'm very thankful that I have those good habits there because if not, I really, you know, it would be a whole different struggle again, kind of relearning.
0: Yeah. And, and that's a I mean, even that, itself is a model that I don't think we model often enough for our daughters you know it's it's so much more um in society just as the woman to be celebrated as the martyr who is doing it all um and taking care of everything than to you know to say um because yeah I just actually just a week ago, had to have the conversation with my daughter. It's like, you have to add, she left her full-time job um, as a middle school art teacher to open her own store. And, you know, it's so hard because, you know, everybody's coming to me like, do you think she did the right thing? You know, was this a good decision? Like, this is not my conversation to have, like, this is her. Um, But yeah, but just, Reminding her that you have to ask for help when you need it. You can't. You can't. There's no honor in wearing yourself out to you know just to prove a point.
1: Absolutely, and I think um, I'll be totally honest and say I learned that lesson the hard way. Multiple, like I didn't. It didn't take the first couple of times. <laughs> yeah, never <it laughs> um, does. <laughs> yeah, and and I struggled a lot early on um in, in that kind of motherhood and balance, I don't believe in the word balance, um, you know, kind of trying to integrate it all. And, um, you know, my husband and I, our relationship, you know, would suffer early on because of that. And now we're to a really um, good place. And then I just flip everything on its end. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, you know, it is, it is a constant learning process, but you have to, you know, like you're saying with your daughter, she has to figure that out. You know, everyone around you can be saying that and you can hear it, but that's one of those decisions that is, it's internal. You you really have to commit to it internally and to understand um, what you're willing to, to delegate or drop, or, you know, they, you hear that analogy of um, everyone's juggling you know all the same balls just some are glass and some are rubber so which ones can you drop and which ones can't you I'm just at that point where I'm reassessing okay which ones are glass because they're not the same anymore um they're completely different and difference not bad it just takes a little bit of time to to get used to and so I think that's kind of where I am in that and again you have to go through it there's the, the only way to figure it out is is by doing it
0: yeah Oh, Erin, this has been so beautiful. So I want to um, just ask you one last question, because I know you said, you know, you never thought that you'd be in Birmingham, Alabama. You never thought that, you know, all of these things. So that eight-year-old Erin, if you were to ask her what, if she could see you now, like what... Would she be so excited and proud of you for?
1: Who that is such a it's a wonderful question. Um, thank you. Well, so eight year old Aaron was all in. Um, eight year old Aaron was gonna be a Rockette and work for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Eight year old Erin was looking for the place to shop, you know, for her dancewear to make it easy on her parents. Um, My parents worked a lot. Um, I grew up in a very um, blue collar, hardworking family, and they couldn't always get what I needed when I needed it. And I have created that for those people in this community and in my life. And I think the eight-year-old would be uh, thrilled to see a place where she can get what she needs, and it not be a burden on her parents. Um, Again, classic firstborn. You know, I'm I'm a people pleaser there, and I saw that that strain and that stress of balancing all the wants my brother and I had, and all of our talents and our activities, and you know, we go through that as parents and that's the tagline of the business that I have created is a stress-free way to outfit a dancer. And I think, you know, that, that eight-year-old me would come into the store with wide eyes and my, my mom's credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think, um, you know, I think when I look, when I look back on that, that's the, that's what it comes down to is mm-hmm. making or creating a, a stress-free way, a, a less, you know, stressful and intense experience to solve the problem. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's where I'm at now. And that's kind of what continues to play on repeat as I build this business and grow this business and integrate my family in different ways. And my girls get older and, um,
0: and you get to be in the spotlight instead of behind the scenes.
1: Yeah. That's, you know, that's something different too. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I more than once referred to myself as a wizard of Oz, you know, I kind of make things happen. Um, uh-huh. I work with a lot of different high profile coaches and, um, Fans, when they come into events, just, you just see the end result. Um, that's with any live event um, production business. Um, and it is so strange now that uh, I am the face. I am the one talking to the customers and they don't necessarily always know that I'm the owner, but I'm at, you know, I'm still at that growing stage. So I don't really have a team. I don't really have a staff and I am very much yeah. <laughs> front and center and, and talking and sharing Um, I get a lot of questions about, oh, did you dance or, oh, do your girls dance or which dance studio do you go to? And um, I leverage that. I mean, I absolutely do. I leverage my own personal experience. I'm comfortable sharing it. I get to talk to so many different people. And yeah, I'm, I'm right out there now. Yeah. Um, I
0: was just picturing like, the rocket, but like everybody else was in red and you were in like a Packers uniform. <laughs> so, yes. and, But then I was thinking about like, in terms of like the Enneagram one aspect of it. And it's like, oh, well maybe, you know, she was the rocket because she was going to make sure everybody kicked at exactly the same level. Um, so yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm such a, like my whole brain processes visually. So I was running through all the, 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 like the ramifications of, of uh, how that played into becoming the person behind the scenes so effectively, and um, and moving back out into um, onto the stage.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's so interesting to to think about that because um, I often think or talk about or share um, about how you know my experience with being a performer. Um, And being a highly, highly competitive one um, with my baton twirling kind of um, career and how much that really helped me in my work and even in simple things like um, I never knew how much the fear of public speaking really impacted people until well into my career. I don't have that problem at all. And that's thanks to so many years of training and performing and being in front of people. And, you know, last night, um, I, my daughter had her first, I mentioned, she's on the middle school dance team Mm -hmm. and last night was their first football game. And I was driving her to school, um, because she had an appointment in the morning. And so we're driving to school. And I said, Allie, you know, this is going to be different. This is not studio dance. This is representing your school and your community. So you're going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of people there and it's going to be much more relaxed. You know, and I was trying to kind of convey to her that when those little girls yell over the fence, you know, they're, they're watching you from the stands. You just got, you know, wave and smile and have fun because it's not as strict. It's not as stressful. It's, it's meant to be fun. You're representing your school and your community and, I kind of forget those little things, you know, as you move on, but it does, it does show up in my life in those strange ways of um, you know, being interviewed by the newspaper and being on these podcasts and um, you know, talking to other women, whether they have kids or no kids or, you know, are entry level in their career or seasoned um, a lot of those fears of, of being in the spotlight and being in the public eye and making a decision for a group. And the perfectionist tendencies, those all come from that training and I use them every day. And it's just so, you know, I'll I'll hear myself saying things that my dance teacher said, or I'll hear myself saying things to my daughters um, that, you know, teammates and, you know, college band directors would say and, and things like that. And they just show up in interesting ways. So it's a lot of fun, I think, to to think back to how those lessons definitely, um, impact what I do today, even though what I do today is different than what I did just six months ago. They're still there.
0: Yeah. So tell everyone how they can reach you from your podcast to the physical location of your dance store to Instagram, all that good stuff.
1: Yes. Well, I do hang out on Instagram most often. I'm at Aaron underscore Kraber and my business name, it's Forte Dance Essentials, a name I actually came up when I was 13 in a high school business <laughs> class and we're located right outside Birmingham, Alabama in a suburb called Hoover um it's a great place to be it was made famous by mtv in the 90s with a show called two a days also very interesting (laughs) um but we live in hoover and we love it and that's where the store is you can check out the socials for the store they're all under the same name forte dance essentials and my podcast thank you for asking about that it's called motherhood merged it's kind of where we talk about all those different hats we wear so it's a mix of business life, brand building, and mom life. And you can find Motherhood Merged on all your favorite podcast platforms, wherever you're listening to this one as well. Yeah.
0: And all of those things will be in the show notes. So uh, people can just go there, they can click on, they can find you um, from there as well. So thank you so much for being here today, Erin. I know there are so many people out there with you know these little thoughts like like these tiny little dreams in their heart and wondering if you know if this is something that I'm still allowed to do as a mom. Um so thank you.
1: Oh thank you for having me. It's so it's been just fun to to share a different perspective. So this is the first time I've got to call myself a, a small business owner and to to share that part of my journey. So thank you so much for inviting me in and I hope there's some nuggets of things I said that resonate with some people and oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, wonderful. Well, go find Aaron and you won't be disappointed. So take care. There were so many nuggets of wisdom and insight and inspiration. Uh, Let's do a quick recap. So first, again, I just want to repeat this quote that I think we need to hear. We probably need to plaster it on our walls. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that goes just beyond some of the obvious things that Erin talked about, like getting a cleaning service. Um, but involving the people closest to you when it's something that's going to benefit them as well. So bringing her family in is a critical piece because there's so much for everyone to gain in her new venture. and. It also means letting go of how you both define yourself up until this point and how others might define you. Like letting go of what they think about your new invention of yourself and what you're creating for yourself. Um, That's a really important and hard to learn lesson. And I believe, just personally, I know for myself, and and some of the people that I've worked with in the past, that's one that that's really um, a a mountain to climb sometimes. Because especially as women who've established ourselves in a, a particular amount of you know building this sense of respect, um, it's kind of hard to let go of that and. Um, let go of that thought of what people are going to think about you. I also love how Erin had a marketing plan before she ever even had a business in place. Sometimes it's so easy to get wrapped up in what we're creating and what it means to us. When you're creating something like what? She has done, and I loved how she brought her eight year old self back into the picture and talked about how what her one of the things that her eight year old self, as the firstborn child, concerned herself with is you know how her parents, you know, how she was inconveniencing her parents and that people pleasing mindset that we get into that she transmuted that into a business that helps other little girls not have to worry about that I thought that was such a beautiful coming of full circle um, that she's stepping into in this moment and how exciting that is, to be able to recognize that that's where you are. And then last but not least, the how her daughter's unique personalities and her recognition from bringing it in from her own personal business experience and understanding the value of each person's individual personality and gifts and the roles that they play in creating something bigger, how she's able to recognize that in her own daughters and how their personalities are coming into the business in a way that brings value to the business itself and their family as a whole. So many lessons um, for if you are in that place of transition and so many people that it seems that maybe it's what I'm seeking out personally or the circles that I'm in. um, There just seems to be a wonderful shift, Um, although wonderful can sometimes be kind of scary, that we're experiencing in the world right now and figuring it out out, you know, kind of as we go along and our role and and what we bring to the table in each and every situation that we come to. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to kick off the season with this interview, because I feel like it speaks to the structure and some of our fears that um, stepping into these new roles that we've created for ourselves. So that being said, um, while I was away, I did some really exciting things. One of the things that I have been able to do was to do a 10 day exploration of energy and color healing. I think that's something that is important for me Uh, to bring into my design business as it is had it's moved into this remote format which is you know something that I desired but in the process I was able to start to unpack um, some of my deepest gifts and some of my most individual talents and start to see how they're all intertwined and how that can play a role in what i offer to the in her eyes community to the clients that i work with in the transformation of their spaces and how that tra- those transformations go way beyond the aesthetic. And I've felt this for some time and I know when I was building my business out a couple of years ago and knowing that so much of the growth that I had done was in helping my daughters see their true individual selves and navigating the waters of you know, being a young mom, being a business owner, being an employee, being a manager, like how all those things intertwine and how being an artist and, but also someone who deeply experiences nature and looks to, as, as a, an interior designer who actually is not formally trained in interior design, but uses the mathematical and scientific, I want to call them formulas, um, even though I've always experienced math in this way where I just understood it. It wasn't anything I had to think about and knowing that that's how I also experience nature in a way that um, there's almost like secrets that are there. And those secrets are equations, They're, they're balanced, they're the way things have to be in order for things to happen. And I've always felt that in doing, whether it's creating a custom fabric and knowing how things needed to be laid out to creating a custom piece of furniture to transforming a room on a very small budget, but I uh, just knowing how we can take what we have and, and turn it into something else. All of that information that I knew, um, came to me from my early experiences of spending so much time in the trees and in the grass and like in the places where I could just sort of feel the vibration of those things and just transmuting that energy into its own vibration of a space. So that's what you're going to start to be hearing and they might sound a little bit lofty and maybe um a little woo but you know we like the woo here so um we're going down those paths and we're going to explore much more deeply into color and um, I'm going to be bringing some exciting guests on to Talk about transition and stepping into yourself and stepping into your heart and finding that rhythm to help you create that vision for yourself and your family that really is the true harmony and peace in your body, mind, soul, and space. So, thank you again for being here in Season 3. I am grateful for you. So happy to be back and I will see you next week. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform you get your podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review. The complete instructions for doing that are on the In Her Eyes podcast website. That's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review. And while you're there, be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook. It's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs, your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to whether you're seven or 77 and it's my gift to you for tuning in and if you have an idea for a podcast episode something that you're struggling with or something that you'd like to hear more about please fill out the form on the bottom of the page i personally read every single submission if it's something that i feel confidently that i can speak to and help you with I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.